Hey, what's up everybody? This is Don Fullove, or you might remember me as Maya Goldie Wilson from Back to the Future. You're checking out the awesome 80s podcast right along with me. Oh, and remember, always vote for Goldie. This is Michael. This is Lawrence. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Doing fantastic. Uh, we're going to kind of break the mold a little bit. Um, there's a cultural... Well, imp- oh, go ahead. I just said we are. We are. Uh, we, uh, there was a cultural impact from a science fiction uh, uh, space opera called The Star Wars, and that had some sort of cultural impact in the 70s, but to me it felt like it had more of a cultural impact in the 80s. And we've also taken something that almost had a simultaneous cultural impact and then it started in the 70s and continued into the 80s. Eastbound, bound, come on, and we don't know what they, they, they say can't be done. That's a big thing. Sheriff Buford T. Justice look like a possum's becker. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. No koozie's gonna leave me at no church. Decorating up a whole town at a cost of $40. We will be reviewing the 1977 classic Smokey and the Bandit. Which are as you just basically said, our, our reason for this is we feel that it impacted the 80s more than the 70s. Hey, Bandit, me and Fred got a question. What do you and Fred want? How come we doing this? Well, why not? Well, they said it couldn't be done. Well, that's the reason, son. That's good with Fred. We're clear. <laughs> and four. We're spouting down 18 wheels rolling. Thanks for the ride, Bandit. Good luck tapping some of that hot... Hot Sally Field tail. Knock it off. I don't like it any more than you do. Oh, my God. You're Burt Reynolds. Yes, I am. M- Mr. Reynolds, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I found this backstage. Uh, oversized hat. It's funny. No, it's not. Sure it is. It's funny. It's funny because it's uh, bigger than a <clears throat> yeah, normal hat. I-, I see that. Well, 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 if it isn't my neighbor... Mr. Spinning, how have you... Damn, would you feel that iron grip handshake? Like Burt Reynolds and shit. Hang on. Holy shit! Burt Reynolds! Hey, if you just pay attention... Yeah, I felt like, especially like with cars, uh, culturally, uh, guys with mustaches, I mean, it had a, it had a thing. Uh, so... 
I, I've talked about this maybe in the last couple episodes, uh, being fun employed as I am and being that Comedy Central can air the entire eight seasons of that 70s show in a period of two weeks, uh, I have been uh, working my way through uh, that 70s show. Now, I missed some time in there because, as we discussed, I think, last episode, is I didn't just straight up record them like I should have. So I am on the legendary eighth season. I consider it to be the lost season. I remember watching one episode of the eighth season, and I was like, I'm out. Because it was 2005-ish, I think. Eric Foreman. Well, what what year friend. was it in the show? Wasn't it like 82 or something? Well, just basically, just at the end, they always, like, you could always see the license plate sticker. And, and like, the last three or four years of the show, it just said 79. Like, it was 77, 78, okay. and then they just, they never discussed it being in the 80s. It was like the first, because, season, the first season they went and saw Star Wars, and then they had, like, seven more seasons. Well, it's, but it's like, it's the same thing. It's like uh, uh, the Goldbergs. Okay, yeah. Something. Yeah, the 1980-something. Uh, and if you remember, there was a, that 80s show. Do you remember that? Didn't it have that Asian guy from Mad TV? Uh, who, Bobby Lynn? I thought or it did. Bobby, I thought it did. Bobby T? I thought so, yeah. I don't, yeah, know. I I don't know if that's the case. We could find out here, though. Okay. Uh, uh, so the last season, I never even cared about because it didn't have Topher Grace. It didn't have no. There was an Asian, but he looks nothing like Bobby Lee. But is that? I think it is Dennis from uh, Always Sunny. I'm gonna find out. I think Dennis. Yes, he is. Glenn Howerton was on that show. Uh, he was on that '80s show. Okay. So Dennis from Always Sunny. That was one of his first roles there. Uh, it was not on long. Uh, in fact, I can tell you, it I was thought it had on. Like- uh, Eddie Eddie Shin. It wasn't that other guy. I'm racist. Right, I'm right. sorry. Not Bobby. You're. Right. It doesn't even look like him. Doesn't even look like. Him. It had 13 episodes, so it got 13. It got the first half of the order, and then that was it. Uh, Ed McMahon so, was in it. Three well, and three quarter stars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the last season didn't have Gopher Grace. It didn't really. Ashton Kutcher was here and there, but he wasn't even in the credits. They got rid of the whole car sequence. And then they just, uh, they like, it was just everyone hanging left singing out. in the basement. Hanging out. Hanging down, out, but they were street. singing in the basement. Uh, what was the other thing of note? Uh, oh, so what I noticed, because I never really watched the last few seasons of it, is towards the end of the seventh season, when they knew Eric was leaving, they brought the guy to, like, fill the room. Like, they came up with this backstory. This guy's, like, going to be living there. Wasn't and he the cousin the or something? Episode, Wasn't he a cousin? He was Fred. He was uh, Red's best friend's son. Okay. Uh, and then in the very first season of season eight, the very first episode, they kill him off, and I'm like, "What the fuck happened? Why did they kill? They spent like half a season on this kid's backstory." Uh, it turns out he also got casted on the OC that summer, and he chose the OC over that '70s show, uh, The Orange County. Kind of feels like when Jason Hayward's playing for the Cardinals and he decides to get on the Cubs because one's going up and another one's going down. Yeah, that's probably about right. That's probably about right. Anyway, so I found I was like, why is this kid they've spent all this time on? Like, and then they they throw him off of the water tower where every other cast member during the eight seasons has fallen off that water tower and been fine. And that was the joke. He falls off, and Kelso's like, oh, I've fallen off the thing a million times. 
And then, like, the next scene, they're like, and that's why they call it the Charlie Whatever Memorial Water Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, that was a hatchet job. But anyway. So anyway, uh, they talk about this movie a lot on that 70s show. They talk about Smokey and the Bandit a lot. Uh, Because its cultural impact extended way into the – that was made in the 2000s. You know, I mean, its cultural impact – it's still felt today. A couple different references in different Kevin Smith movies. Uh, and My Name is Earl, uh, Family Guy, um, Simpsons, a bunch of different, like, it is a thing. It is in anything that is been around, has been around for a while. They have referenced Smokey and the Bandit. She insulted my town. She insulted my son. She insulted my body. That's an attention getter. So you boys just stay here and keep your hands on a car until one of my associates arrive. And don't go home. Don't go to eat. And don't play with yourself. You can think about it, but don't do it. Didn't I look? Didn't I look just like Smokey in the Bandit, except for the mustache? Mm. Right. It feels like both of our fathers both have mustaches currently, I believe. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I mean, is it because Burt Reynolds had a mustache in 1977? If that's the reason my father has a mustache, he doesn't know it. But it could be. Like, I'm not I saying, I, I mean, when, saying earth, when an earthquake happens. People, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying sometimes people will see something and then it just gets ingrained in their head. My dad very well could have watched The Bandit. And then been like, I want to be, look like the bandit. But it never consciously thought that he wanted to look like the bandit. He just looked like the bandit. Uh, oh, real quick, before I forget, shout out to listener, uh, well, possible listener, uh, Brian H. of uh, NYC, who sent me the Hello Dolly uh, playbill from Broadway, because uh, Bette Midler starred in it. Huge Bette Midler fan. Got the postcard, Bette Midler. The Divine, so, uh, the divine Miss M. So if you're a listener out there and you want to send me stuff, just say the word. Just say, we got a shipment of cereal here uh, we got last week. <laughs> Chicago Cubs oriented uh, cereal. Do appreciate it. Thank yeah. you very much. We're big fans of receiving things. Uh, like a job if you want to hire me for any of your project manager needs. <laughs> uh, but you're a free agent in the uh, project manager field. I was thinking um, – Last night you did also go to a uh, Jenny Lewis, Ryla Kiley uh, concert. Yeah, you know. She's, for, she's performing with these sisters now, I think, right? The twins. I sent you a picture of the weird-looking twins. I'm not weird-looking. They're not weird-looking. They're beautiful. But when, you're, when you first look at the stage, and the whole band is dressed in all white, which was like a very cool, it almost looked very 80s motif, actually. And then, like, your, your eyes make Might it as well the face it. Stage. You're addicted to love, Glenn. You might as well face it. Yeah. And your eyes make it to the far stage, and you see two ladies who are probably at least 5'10", uh, maybe taller, maybe less, but on the stage they look like 6'1", with their heels or whatever. And they're both identical-looking, singing, and for just a second you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then you, you adjust and you realize what's going on. Uh, I've never been unemployed, really, since the age of 12. Uh, Doing mo jobs, all kinds of stuff. Mo jobs, Paperboy of the Year, you're, you're all the way up working through. in kitchens. I've always, I've always had a job, and uh, my contract expired, and 
by the large insurance company I worked for decided they would uh, not no longer be offering this position to anyone. Uh, so although I have been looking for a job the past couple of weeks, on a Monday night, I wouldn't just randomly be able to go to a, a concert in the past. Uh, and I hope that I'll be able to go to another one tomorrow night because I, ha I have my press pass coming through. And then I have another one in like a week that I'm hoping to smooth in With, for free. Within it's the just... next week and a half, both of us will be free. From, I'll be free for two, two months, almost three months, just saying, with this baby but, and everything. I don't, know, I don't know how Grandpa would feel about this whole paternity leave thing, but I'm doing it. I don't care. Uh, well, it is your, your, your right. I don't, Grandpa, I'm telling you, Grandpa would not approve. I know your Grandpa would not approve, <laughs> but there's a lot of things your Grandpa would approve of that are happening right now in Washington, so Dude, I think that the scales would Man, if they were from out. Obama to Trump, Grandpa would be through the roof thrilled. I am telling you. He'd he probably would have died again yeah. of the excitement this time. <laughs> your Grandpa would have died a second time, and it would have been worth it to him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, so I did get to see Jenny Lewis, uh, uh, uh the wizard and what was the other movie you mentioned that, oh, True Beverly Hills True fame. Beverly Hills. Uh, what a delightful, uh, set she played. She was just, she's a rock star, man. She knows what she's doing. I highly recommend picking up some of her albums, uh, either under Jenny Lewis or Rilo Kylie. She did some stuff with the postal service and done camp for cutie. She's awesome. Uh, and then I came home. Uh, so, so she started out. That. She started out as a, uh, a child actor, but actually, and then she became a rock star. So that's kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, and she's been at being a rock star for like fifteen to twenty years now. So yeah. I mean, it's not like new. It's nothing new, but, but uh, she, she did it. Other people have tried. Corey Feldman, and they. Corey Feldman. But, <laughs> but she's she's doing it. So, going to the Ozarks. Uh, by, by I, the way, he's performing in the Ozarks. Anyway, continue. I saw I saw you posted that. Uh, so I left the show last night as it ended. Uh, I did not uh, imbibe uh, in the alcohol, so I did not Uber. So I drove home. I stopped to get gas at the Casey's about 11 o'clock, and there's an accident. So for the third time in my life, I have to dial the 911s. Uh, it seemed everyone was okay. Uh, and then I got home, and then I watched Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, all things I, I would have been in bed by 9.30 two weeks ago. So, hey, uh, you know, freedom, man. Freedom. So... Uh, I got this beautiful tan. I know. You love it. I can see you're jealous. You look yeah. good. You look good. But you can't, can you see my tan? This is as tan as I'm going to get, I think. This is probably. Can you see, Yo, did you you see me? Did you? Yeah, you look very You need white. human contact. All right, well, <laughs> I think me and Vader are going to hang out at the pool while Delaney's home with the other baby. I think that's our plan for now. Oh. Well, lots of sunscreen, my friend. Yeah. Skin is your gift. So... I turned on Eastbound and Down, and what's the – the movie doesn't even really start like a movie. It's just kind of like you're there. Welcome to the trucker fast, fast lane in the highway CB lifestyle. This is what it's going to be like. You go to tractor pulls. You go to race car tracks. There's going to be uh, two semi-trailers drag racing. You can meet and greet with the legendary – uh, Burt Reynolds, if you want, the legendary bandit. Come and get your picture with the legendary bandit. Oh, real quick. I know what I wanted to say. Uh, so we were talking about how this still has effects on society. Last week, I was in the Kroger, 
And on one of them, and I didn't know we were doing, I didn't think of the fact we were going to be doing Smoking the Bandit uh, coming up. There was an article uh, in one of the weekly tabloids saying, from Burt Reynolds saying he's still in love with Sally Field after 40 years. So, you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, back to this. Just. You think, so you think f- with his, his poor bank account and her osteoporosis, they can, they can work it out? They'll figure it out. Okay. They're just two lovebirds in love, man. Uh, so the first thing I noticed is uh, the 1970s version of Dennis Leary's getting busted for bootlegging by the local police. <laughs> Did you like. see that guy? Oh, man. <laughs> How is that not like, Dennis Leary? Like poofy hair, poofy hair and the big teeth. Poor guy. He, he, he looked like Dennis Leary. <laughs> no, was I wasn't crazy. thinking that, but then you said, I thought, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, we have Big Enos and Little Enos. Or, yeah. Uh, it's pa- Paul Willi- they- Paul Williams. He's the he sings pop singer from the seventies and wrote a lot of the uh, the Muppet songs. And uh, so they're a father son team. One is a gigantic, uh, probably close to four hundred pound, uh, big, uh, tall man, and the other is he is he technically uh, snack size? Um, I believe so. Okay, so. That's a, that's a sight gag. That's what we call that. <laughs> it it uh, translates fantastically to podcast. <laughs> uh, sight gags work great, uh, but if you want to see it, watch the movie. Now, I got a little confused. I was maybe only, I was also applying for jobs, so I might have missed something here in the beginning. But now, is Burt Reynolds, is the offer, because they basically right away, they, they tell him that he wants to throw a party, he wants him to bring Cooler's Light, uh, from Texarkana to Atlanta. Uh, now, is he offering him a Peterbilt truck, or is he just saying, I'm going to give you as much as a Peterbilt truck? Yeah, felt, I feel like it's kind of hazy. Like, he's like, well, I, already, I think it felt, it was like, he's, already, he's the bandit. He's already got a truck and a Trans Am. What does he need two trucks for? Right. So, so I think he was just doing it like he's like, somehow offering the truck became $80,000. Like, but, I mean, like, much like Over the Top, this is a movie... For uh, a truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, Uncle Bandit goes into the house. And why did I think Don DeLuise played a role in this I, movie? I'm thinking you're thinking of Cannonball Run and then Cannonball Run 2. And Cannonball Run. Yeah. Into, Cannonball I think so. Run, and, and the we'll vanishing have, point. We'll ha- Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> we'll ha- yeah, we'll have to get to that one in another time. Okay. But I, I wanted Smoking the Bandit, but in my mind, Don DeLuise was always with Burt Bent Reynolds from, like, 75 to 90. <laughs> like, until Evening Shade started, it was just Don DeLuise and like Burt Reynolds. Like, every Hollywood party, every award ceremony, there's Don DeLuise, there's Burt Reynolds, everybody. Burt Reynolds is nailing Lonnie Anderson, and Don DeLuise is in the corner just watching in a rocking chair. Something about that, that Burt and Lonnie, they're going to last forever. You can just tell. <laughs> Hurry up, Bert! <laughs> I'm almost done with the funnies. Well, they, they like... know they know that the bandit is one of the best gear jammers out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, some of the language in this movie is phenomenal. So, bandit's a legend, uh, but he's gonna go. He's gonna go. Uh, he's gonna go get Jerry Reed, who's also he's probably his number two. <laughs> his Dom DeLuise for this movie. Yeah. So Uncle Bandit goes and wakes up Cletus. Uh, you can tell Uncle Bandit has put Cletus uh, and Jerry Reed, by the way, the man who uh, who sang the pivotal song in this movie. We'll talk about it later. I have a lot to say about it later, not now. Uh, so Uncle Bandit 
Uh, you can tell Uncle Bandit's gotten Cletus in trouble in the past. No one in Cletus' house likes Uncle Bandit. My, the wife doesn't like him. No one likes The him. dogs are upset. No one likes No one likes what's going on. But eventually he convinces Jerry to go on this trek. It seems like every day, every week or so, Bandit's coming up with another crazy idea where people get arrested or almost arrested. But the Bandit convinces him because he says, of course we can make it. We've never not made it. So they both agree. They, yeah, the, they mentioned at least no less than 15 times in the first 10 minutes of this movie that 28 hours to drive 1,600 uh, miles has never been done. Has never been done. And so the trip there is pretty uneventful. We get the Westbound and Down song, which I had never heard. I, I was like, before. Westbound and Down? What is Westbound and Down? But it would be it would be cool to do your. It Jerry, would be Westbound and Down. It would be cool if you could do your Jerry like you do your on your, you know, on your Spotify or on your iPod. You just do you start <laughs> Westbound and Down, then you end your Jerry would read playlist with Eastbound and Down, for booking it. <laughs> Northbound and Down. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> I don't know. So uh, we do have like a sheriff chase there right towards the end of the beginning, but the beginning took like fifteen to twenty minutes, right? Like. They're there rather quickly with very few uh, obstacles. Yeah, they're there. They're at the uh, bottling plant or the distributor there. They break in. What one does when they're uh, in a hurry and they need to get that much <laughs> it, was, it was very Three Stooges or uh, Laurel and Hardy where they're going. One's going inside the one door and one's going out the other side, the other door. And uh, they get on the forklift and he drives Jerry Reed over top and breaks a few cases of... Uh, Course heavy. Let that cuffs off you, moose twin. Now here it is, you tit turd. The goddamn Germans got nothing to do with it. What do you say? Shut up, one shit at a time. Right. Do what I tell you, you pile of monkey nuts. Uh, do you remember how many? I didn't write now. How many cases did they have to get? I think it was 400 cases. It's a lot of Coors heavy. So they get the beer, and as they're getting ready, they're leaving in town. We got a woman in the middle of the highway in a wedding dress, uh, basically just stopping oncoming traffic. Uh, it turns out to be uh, Gidget, the flying <laughs> nun herself. If they they the were they're going sets. from Texarkana to Atlanta in 28 hours, but he feels it's necessary to stop and pick up Gidget. Uh, she's got she's got chubby cheeks. She's not gonna ever be a high fashion model. I think you talked over the fact that she was the star of the Sun Also Sets. Oh, the Sun also. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Loman, Mr. Loman. <laughs> uh, someday we'll, we we'll, just, another- we'll just talk about that. That's fine. We got to do it someday. I mean, we got to take another trip across that George Washington Bridge. Uh, we're going to have to go across the George Washington Bridge again? All right, we'll go across yes. the bridge. Yeah, okay. I, I need it again. <laughs> so uh, he picks how I feel up. She- Rhode Island. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the first thing we notice about Sally Field uh, is her professional legs. She's very professional She's legs. She's got fat calves and fatter calves than Burt Reynolds has. Hey. Cowboys love fat calves. They got they got great pillow talk when the, in the real life. I bet in the when it, the intimate times. I bet it's real. This is a real talk here. 
So about 20 minutes of the next hour is dedicated to witty repartee back and forth between Bert and Sally. Uh, they're just kind of, they're going back and forth. Uh, just, you know, little, he said, she said, I don't know. She's, I've lost. She's, she's, a, she's a frog, you know, but kind of a f- cute like a frog. I, I mean, that's how you pick up chicks right there. He's negging her. Uh, uh, something that became popular by the great uh, dating specialist. What was his name? Mystic. <laughs> well, I thought that wasn't there that book. Was that the? Yeah, okay. that he wrote it. That he had a VH1 show. Okay. And he talks about uh, you got to net. You got to tell girls what's wrong with them, and then they'll <laughs> like you because you break down their self-esteem. And then, so then you end up leaving a bar because everyone. The, all the chicks are mad at Glenn. You got to go get up a slice of pizza. <laughs> Why do all these girls hate you here, Glenn? Let's go get pizza. Let's go. Let's go. Anyway. You saw me. I did not say anything bad to that chick. She wanted it. You know she wanted it. Yes. <laughs> you were there. I think that... Dre and the black hat hang out with crazy women. You said something about her hair. I think every, I think maybe that was the one thing. But we were joking about her hair. You just, some people don't joke about certain things. But she made the first joke. You I have a magic finger. So you think if somebody said something about your magic finger, what would you? People say something about my magic finger all the time. You just did. <laughs> but it's not, I'm not trying to be mean, but if you. Anyway, <laughs> he was negging her. He was negging her. So, uh, that's when we meet Sheriff Buford T. Justice. Uh, a lot uh, of, uh, the, the urban legend tell me about is Buford the urban legend is that he was based off of a real guy from Florida, a real sheriff in in Florida, actually named Buford T. Justice. That's where he picked up the sum of a bitch, and that's where he uh, picked up some of the mannerisms. And the also legend is he improvised a lot of the lines in this movie. Do you think any of that is true? I mean, the internet says it's true, so it's got to be true, right? I think, he imp- I think he definitely improvised some of the lines. He's Jackie Gleason, for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, they, they wrote in the script. I saw the original copy. He, kept, he was supposed to say, to the moon, bandit, like 50 times, and he's just like, no, I'm not going to say that shit. <laughs> And he, uh, hey, would you like to play a nice? A would you like to play a nice game of pool to the moon, bandit? <laughs> so Jackie Gleason plays our foe, uh, Buford T. Justice. Why don't you just tell me a little about the actual or the the character of Buford T. Justice? He has, uh, he's a big, fat, disgusting man who has toilet paper follow him wherever he goes. He loves giant, sloppy sandwiches. He's a big fan of the El Diablo sandwich. Loves it with a Dr. Pepper. Uh, he's a giant blowhard guy who's kind of a megalomaniac. And his, his domain is just one county, but he feels as though he's a higher up in Texas, Texarkana area. And he feels that he deserves to have the kind of respect in that county that he has over the entire South. And he chases after that woman, if that's what you're going to call her who left his son, his dim-witted, barely above 100, freaking 
He, he can't, he's not a smart man. I know what love is, but he's not a smart man. And he, he goes around the South to trying to get the love of his life, the love of his son's life back. So this is where things uh, kind of converge. So he's not actually chasing the bandit to chase the bandit. He's chasing the bandit because the bandit has, unbeknownst to pick uh, him, picked up Sally Field, who is uh, supposed to marry uh, Buford T. Justice's son. So the bandit thinks he's being chased because he's a legendary bandit. And he just stole all this beer at first. But in reality, it's because he's hauling different packaging that uh, Buford T. Justice is after, and that's a lady, because a lady is an object in the South. Yes, and I also thought it was kind of funny. Like, Jerry Reed was riding behind him, riding behind the Trans Am, and all he wanted to talk about is, like, what's, uh, who's this lady in the wedding dress? Why is her wedding dress on the road now? What's going on in that Trans Am? This is really great for me in this, making this drive go by, like, quicker. Well, uh, if... If you're in the role of Cletus, Cletus is he's doing the bitch work. He's got to drive. He's taking all the risk. He's driving the 18-wheeler full of all the beer. And now you got uh, his partner here, the legendary bandit, and he's got a chick up there with him. He could be getting a handy, a footy, and where's Rufus's love? A, foo- just- a foodie, a footy or an eerie, whatever. Cletus. He's getting it done. Yeah. Yeah, and Cletus is just back there in the big rig. Does he have a dog with him? Is that right? Yeah, I think, I don't know. If you were a trucker, would you bring your dog with you? I don't know. I've never been a trucker. Probably after a while, you just get lonely. You stop and get hamburgers for your dog? It's a good life. It's the open road. Yeah. But you can tell uh, that Jerry Reed, he'd rather be up in the Trans Am seeing what's going on. But he does have like 15 or 16 kids with his angry wife at home. So... Eventually, Buford T. Justice, as they escape uh, Texarkana in, their, uh, in Arkansas, Buford T. Justice is radioing ahead to the sheriff saying, hey, I'm in pursuit of these guys. Everyone wave off. This is my, my, my catch. And he's kind of fighting with the local sheriff over the CB. Uh, and then I wrote down one of the uh, quotes, because there are a few, is that the goddamn Germans have nothing to do with this. <laughs> The African-American uh, sheriff in that area has a more extensive vocabulary than Jackie Gleason's does. Keep your wheels spinning and your beavers grinning. <laughs> so they set up a roadblock, and uh, Bandit and uh, Cletus, they run right through that roadblock, uh, at which point Buford T. Justice tells them, the, the police that you son of a bitches couldn't close an umbrella. And he ends up finally coming face-to-face with that local sheriff who is an African-American gentleman. And right away, we see that Buford T. Justice is about 98% racist. <laughs> like, about 2% of him is willing to accept the New South, but only about 2%. He gets out of his vehicle. He, he says, hey, boy, let me talk to your sheriff. And uh, sheriff says, uh, uh, is also that person he was addressing. Says, I'm the sheriff. I am the sheriff. I'm, I'm Mr. Tibbs. Can't you see? You did that on purpose! You go to wait till you agree! I got the evidence. Put the evidence in a car. Put the evidence in a car. There's no way. 
no way that you could come from my loins. As soon as I get home, the first Being thing a jackass I playing is a punch your This is Lord. Apology accepted. No. <laughs> No way. You some bitch. Where are you, you some bitch? Where are you, you some bitch? I saw that you some bitch. You did that on purpose. You go to win your grave. I got the evidence. Put the evidence in the car. Put the evidence in the back. There's no way, no way that you could come from my loins. Soon as I get home, the first thing I'm gonna do is punch your mama in the mouth. Apology accepted. No. Ain't got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I'm East Bound, just watch no bandit run. He just kind of mumbles under his breath about the New South. Doesn't like the fact that these these people are now uh, holding positions of power. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's how it goes. So, Smokey, uh, uh, that was just kind of a back-and-forth buddy comedy between uh, Smokey and the Bandit up and down the road. At one point, they're sitting there. Uh, at a lunch counter, having a conversation. uh, Smokey does not realize he's talking directly to the bandit because he doesn't know what the bandit looks like. And so they're having a conversation. The bandit's just loving it. Ends up, what did he steal, his lunch? He wants that Diablo sandwich and Dr. Pepper in a goddamn hurry. So uh, the bandit steal, right as his name states, he he bandits that sandwich right away from Smokey when Smokey's (laughs) in the bathroom. Uh, they have another time they're talking right in the same parking lot. Yeah. And they're on the sea. And once again, Smokey does not realize that the legend of Bandit sitting right there talking to him just a, a car length away. I guess it's kind of the beauty. I mean, if you're on a cell phone or whatever, you can not you can find the people. But the, the t- at that time, everyone just had the CB radio, and you could literally be anywhere, and no one could really find you. Uh Smokey says he's going to hang that bandit from a tree. Did you or any of your extended family ever have a CB radio? My dad did. Yep. Were you familiar with any of the CB slang? Oh, yeah. We, I used to love sitting in the back seat. And my dad, I think, would just kind of show off with it for us. Or I don't know. But, yeah, he always, always, Smokey, break up one nine, Smokey, Smokey, and they give you the exit or whatever. Always. I, I thought I it was fantastic. It. My, my grandpa did it, too. But he was an engineer. And he would travel, like, three or four hours to different job sites or whatever. So I think he was just bored. Like, it was his, like, internet trolling. Right. My dad had, like, an hour-plus commute every day. And yeah. I think that was kind of his same way. Uh, just, uh, you know, company. If somebody said uh, Checkpoint Charlie, what would that mean to you? Well, to me, I would go back to the war. <laughs> uh, in trucker terms. In trucker terms. Uh, is that, that would mean that maybe we have a uh, a checkpoint where the they're gonna search each car. 
Uh, for intoxicated drivers. Uh, what about an evil Knievel? They use oh, they use that know. one in this movie. What was evil Knievel? Uh, police on a motorcycle. Oh, okay. Uh, gumball machine. Got me. The old timey police cars with the uh, older style lights on the top. Nice. I'll, I'll do a nice. couple more. Uh, Miss Piggy. Uh, I'm going to hook her. Uh, a female police officer. <laughs> uh, duh. Uh, bear in the Jeez. air. I think they use this one too. Bear in the air. Uh, chopper. A police aircraft in flight. Yep. Uh, Got that. A bear trap. Police officer running radar. Uh, a smoky. A police officer refers to Smokey Bear, known for wearing a campaign hat very similar to that, included in many higher patrol uniforms in the United States. Um, I think it's it's a kind of throwback to a simpler time. You know, like when the older generation votes for certain candidates, they want a simpler time. But when I think of a simpler time, I think of late seventies, early eighties, when uh, people uh, they had they had walkie talkies and the CB radios. I think it's a simpler time for me. And once the once uh, once the fall of Western civilization comes, I think we're going to go back to the uh, CB radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing we didn't. Uh mention is why it's so important at that uh, to get this beer at that time you could not get coors east of the mississippi that's a, what are you talking about that doesn't make any sense that was the law I, I remember that for a long time you couldn't get fat tire in the state of illinois it was a big thing and then when we got it everyone quickly fell out of love with it <laughs> i think i remember i like i don't like that uh like a darker type beer and it's not that dark i know beer snobs will get on me but i i, I just prefer a pilsner or a light beer okay and uh i know like when i would have it we go down to missouri and it was special i would enjoy the taste of that fat tire but the first time i bought one here in illinois and i tasted it, i was like this is good this is not meat my taste but it, it was like legend around here when you couldn't get it and i assume uh the banquet beer uh was the same way They got the car from Smokey and the Bandit. What is Smokey and the Bandit? <laughs> the best movie ever made. power of a great performance. Uh, so this, the, the, the idea of the film, thought up and directed by Burt Reynolds' roommate, celebrated stuntman Hal Needman, uh, they were filming Gator in, in 76. <laughs> Uh, the gator on the second floor. The, uh, he brought some Coors. Uh, the driver captain of the set brought some Coors beer from California and brought a couple cases to Needham's, the, the guy who came up with Hal Needham's uh, hotel room. After he noticed the maid kept stealing them, he remembered a Time magazine article from 1974 
and I guess it was unavailable uh, on the east coast of the Mississippi. Uh, could uh, could couldn't legal, legally be sold outside of eleven western and southwestern U.S. states, which made him realize that bootlegging Coors would make a pretty cool idea for making a movie. And it did. <laughs> and it <laughs> did. Um, if I told you this movie made three hundred million dollars and was the only Shut movie, up. it was a movie, the only movie behind Star Wars in nineteen seventy-seven. What would you say? I'd say I love nineteen seventy-seven. <laughs> it made three hundred million dollars. I converted that to two thousand seventeen dollars. Okay. It is one billion two hundred forty-four million four hundred ninety-four thousand eight hundred fifty-four dollars and thirty-six cents. This was a billion dollar movie in 1977. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I love 1977. Of course, Star Wars blew it out of the water still, but I'm telling you, this was a billion take, dollar movie. What did it take to make this? A hundred grand? <laughs> well, I think it said 4.3 wow, million. million dollars. Yeah, you got all those trucks you got to rent. And well, I guess the, the director wanted more vehicles to wreck in this movie and it didn't get the opportunity to get as many as he wanted but luckily there were two more sequels so you can you can make up for it then like it wasn't like i mean because because blues, blues brothers was after this and they wrecked like 180 cars in that movie here there's maybe like 20 that you can even think of yeah and so burt reynolds wasn't in the third one is that correct Smokey is the bandit in part three in the third one it's very, it's very meta. It's a, it's a meta, uh, country western, urban cowboy film. Okay, okay. Well, it uh, also like at this time, people were dressing in western wear. Like it became cool to dress like the nineteen fifties five year old who was watching cowboy movies and cowboy television shows on TV. Like people are dressing like it's Gunsmoke. Like it's cool for. Cool guys, like 25 to 35-year-old dudes, to dress like cowboys. Like, the manager of the New York Yankees had his own Western wear store. Like, it was cool to be in a city and dress like a cowboy. Well, yeah, uh, around this time, Hank Williams Jr. was talking about walking through the seats in New York City. (laughs) He hated it. Uh, So back to uh, the third act here as we'll begin to close this movie out. Uh, so there's a scene where Sally Field and Burt Reynolds are just kind of walking, kissing. Uh, uh, and then Snowman, which is also what we call Cletus and Jerry Reed, he's in the bar. And he oh, and uh, that one guy in college, we called him Snowman, too. No big deal. For That's for different reasons. <laughs> so uh, Cletus gets into himself into a bar fight, gets beat up pretty bad. Uh and he gets them back, though. He rides his big rig over all of their biker bikes. Uh, Just like every fight, he gets his ass kicked. At this time, uh, Bandit realizes they got to have a plan because everything's kind of closing in on him. So he oh, contacts real, real Foxy quick, back, Lady. Back to the, I mean, when they were doing their walk, did they bang in that Trans Am? Oh, I don't know. I didn't think. Well, he, they, they, they end up that scene, she takes his hat off, and then he has the hat on top of the antenna. Of the Trans Am when they get called from Jerry Reed. Oh, maybe maybe they did now. I, I know for maybe a fact when banked. somebody puts a sock on a doorknob that that means that those people are inside banging. I know that for a fact. Or someone's having self pleasure. <laughs> Either you just 
It's a signal to other people, is what I'm saying. What happens if someone steals your sock? <laughs> and puts it in the garbage can down the hallway next to the, next to the, the elevator. What are you going to do then? Was that in Dallas or New Orleans? That was Dallas. Dallas. Right? Yes. Anyway, um, <coughs> it felt like, like they were going through their different lifestyles. And they both been kind of gypsies in their life. Um, I mean, it felt like that Burt Reynolds had become the coolest guy in the world at this point. Like, for at least five, at least like the next five to eight years, he was the coolest guy in the world. Like, he I have a frame. Go ahead. I have a framed picture of him on a bearskin rug, naked. <laughs> That's like, as cool as you get. Like, he had this trajectory that, like, other Hollywood people would have, but he didn't kind of abide by that trajectory. Like, he did, like, his good movies in the beginning. <laughs> and, like, it just felt like, like Brad Pitt and George Clooney, they have their trajectory, like, Oscars, serious films. They, like, wanted to be taken seriously. But Bert, he didn't want to do any of that. He just wanted to have, like, fun films and be cool, you know? He was. He's like, he I'm, I'm going to make a movie where people have fun watching me be cool. Sounds great. Sign me up. Has there anybody, like, since he, since, like, maybe, like, 86, like, since maybe Tom Cruise, let's say Tom Cruise happened, and it kind of dethroned him, but no one has ever really replaced him, I don't think. Like, has anyone been as cool or culturally impactful as Burt Reynolds since 1985? Well... As far as universally accepted. No, I mean, I, of course, thought about the best actor of our generation, George Clooney. Uh, by the way, congratulations, he had twins today. Uh, <laughs> but he, he chose more of a different path. He used his coolness to uh, win Oscars and try to make a societal impact. And so I'll make a documentary about this, blah, 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 global warming. So I don't think so. I think Burt Reynolds is the last cool movie star ever. Oh Eastbound and down. So for a while, I was a homeowner in your town. I wasn't sure if you knew about that. Yeah, I, I, I took care of your, your property. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. But there's a house kind of by that house. We went to the, a basement when we were looking at homes. This lady, she had like a Burt Reynolds shrine in her basement. Like a lot Is that of what your uh, wife just told yeah, you. Yeah, she came down. She was like, "Yes, there's like shirtless pictures of Burt Reynolds all over this lady's down, like downstairs bean flick pad. I don't know what else it would be." <laughs> Do you have her address so I could rob her? Oh man, she was a little older. I think she wanted to downsize, but maybe her son left it the same way. I don't know. Bean flick pad. All right, I got it. We got to finish this. Oh, we got to keep going. Talk more. All right. So, uh, Bandit has this idea. He contacts the foxy lady. Uh, she's going to help Bandit get out of this mess with Smokey. And that's when we hear Eastbound and Down for the first time. Uh, they're going to do it. We're going to do what they said can't be done because we got a long way to go. And it's short time to get there. Eastbound and Down. Watch that Bandit run. So uh, we have a little montage. All the truckers end up having to pitch in to help Bandit. Uh, I, the reason I love Eastbound and Down as a song, and it's on my playlist of like my favorite old school country songs. I listen to it uh, at least a couple times a month. Is I love any song that can lay out the entire plot of a movie in two minutes and thirty seconds. Also, uh, Convoy, a great great song as well. Oh, I love Convoy. 
that was love convoy. Big problem. Big problem is baby get alongside of what this dude is doing. Yeah. You want something? No time for Did you see that? They went right through our roadblock. You some bitches couldn't close an umbrella. You some bitch. Nah, I got the some bitch, and I got him with his fly open. If they had a cremated the son of a bitch, where are you, you some bitch? Where are you, you some bitch? I saw that you some bitch. Uh, so. Uh, Smokey thinks he's apprehended the bandit because uh, uh, due to some trickery by the bandit and he ends up going to a whore trailer, not a whore house, a whore trailer. And he arrests what he thinks is the bandit because once again, he still has not seen the bandit, uh, and which is also the greatness of CB radio. No, no profile pictures with CB radio. It feels like there's a, I mean, there's this entire like mother road or like gypsy lifestyle where people are constantly on the road banging Getting food, all kind—it's all takes place on this road, on this trek, like on this new wagon trail that exists now in America. So, nice. so instead of dying of dysentery, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, Smokey—he uh, arrests uh, who he thinks is the bandit, but is actually the police captain for that area, uh, and has to let him go. Uh, bandit calls hot pants. Needs help from Hot Pants. Now, I love the facial reactions of Sally Field because throughout this whole trek, Bandit's calling in, like, these these ladies uh, who you can only it, it, felt, it feels like that he's banged, and they all have, like, James Bond female character names, like a lot of vagina or beaver delicious or whatever. Hot Pants? Yeah. And, yeah, and Hot Pants is like, you owe me a favor, and it better be a big one. Ha, ha, ha. Talking about your dick. You know, and Sally Fields just there, like giving looks, but she's cool with it because she understands that if you're Bandit, you've you've plowed some fields to get that name. You've got you've got I, to have some side side piece. Yeah, you've done this. You've been around the track. So anyway, he uh, he gets the help from Hot Pants. All of a sudden, we have lots of uh, what were they called? Oh, I thought another uh, like the one whore was trying to have sex with Bandit, and he's like, I'm I'm too pooped to pop. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm too pooped to pop, honey. I, I'm going to have to definitely bang you later in your mobile whorehouse. <laughs> what was what was the name of the the police copters? Oh, what the heck were they called? Uh, da, 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 pop, da, da, poli- uh, bear in the air. So there's lots of bears in the air here. And and we're in Atlanta now because we got Georgia State Police. We got Atlanta County Police. We got all these things. Uh and uh, Bandit tells Cletus that they're going to need to hang it up. And Cletus says, no way, the snowman is coming through. And Bandit's like, all right, let's do it then. And they go through the cop cars. And there's kind of this big parade along the side of uh, this modern-day wagon trail, yeah. <laughs> as it was known. Uh, a lot of uh, people just cheering, couldn't believe he made it. So he parks in the infield of the racetrack. Uh, delivers the beer. Here's my question real quick. Aren't the police going to end up confiscating that beer? They're only half a mile. Like, I don't understand how this ends. We can never find the beer. There's no way we can find the beer. 
I guess so, that wasn't that was a part of it, just getting it there. And I don't think honestly the guys really cared about the beer. It's like one of those rich people dares, like, like the like uh, changing someone's life for a dollar. Yeah, one dollar. Like it's it's almost identical to the exact same thing. Like they don't care either way. They'll just buy ball clubs and run them to the ground. They don't they don't care. They don't care about the. They'll <laughs> move ball clubs to a different city. They don't care. Like it's it's just a big game to those rich people. So it's also social commentary is what this Smoking the Bandit is as well. Oh, okay. So Big Little Man, uh, they offer double or nothing if Bandit will bring him some clam chowder back from Boston in like 12 hours or something, 14 hours, I think. Uh, so right away, sequel, ready to go. Right. Is that what this, is that, I didn't look. No, I don't, I, I saw, I've seen it recently. It's, not, it's about, uh, it's kind of like a, a Rocky film, Bandit 2. Have you seen it? No. I, I know what you're saying. That would be ridiculous. But it isn't. I mean, it is, but it's awesome. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> okay, well, I look forward to watching it and probably reviewing it here. So, uh, Big Little Man says double or nothing, and, 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 and uh, Cleese is like, no, we're taking our money, and Bandit's like, nope. Clam chowder, double or nothing. They all hop in the back of uh, his, new, his new Camaro or whatever what kind of Cadillac. What did he get? It was a Cadillac. Whatever. Now I'm down to yeah, got even it. dozen. Yep. Those, yeah, rich, right. those rich people don't give a shit. So he has a new Cadillac, and he has Smokey. Once again, he's right by Smokey on the intercom, and he basically goes to sell out uh, Big Little Man and, and Little Little Man and uh, tells them that they're, the, that they're the bandit. But then his pride can't let him. He goes, I can't lie to you. Look to your right. And then you see him, and, and Smokey sees him, and then the chase begins, and that's the end of the movie. Well, on then, to Boston for some chowder. You're to assume, Chow-da. like, during the initial chase, like, Every stop along the way, another piece of the car of of the Smokies, uh, of Jackie Gleason's car just falls apart. So you, yes, you're yes. to assume the second he pulls out of that race, racetrack's parking lot, it just disintegrates. His car just falls into a thousand pieces. It is a, it's a fantastic movie. I recommend it. I like it. I like it. recommend it to everyone. But they leave in the Cadillac. They don't leave in the Trans Am. Do you remember the coolest cars like from the 80s? It feels like the Trans Am was up there with the coolest cars. Oh, the Trans Am's awesome. There's a storyline currently on the show I'm watching called That 70s Show about a Trans Am. <laughs> so anyway, uh, real quick, the Trans Am. At, at this point, after this movie came out, it ended up outselling the Camaro, the counterpart for the first time ever. Uh, Reynolds was given a 77 vehicle used during the promotion of this film. Uh, There's giant sales and success from this Trans Am. And the president at the time, Alex Mayer, promised to supply Reynolds with a Trans Am every year the rest of his life. You think he still has one? <laughs> well, uh, for auction, like, do you remember there was financial problems with Burt Reynolds for a while in 2014? Yeah. So he put his vast collection yeah. of artwork and memorabilia up for auction, and the high estimates were that the car would go for $80,000. One, one in the film would go for $80,000. Wow. But the actual, uh, the actual, con- the actual sale... Sorry, the actual sale price, four hundred and fifty grand. Wow. You mentioned Convoy earlier, the song Convoy, and also auctions. So Radio Shack, uh, I think, has like a few days left. If you go, I think it's UBID, or you just Google Radio Shack Corporate Auction. And all of their stuff from their corporate headquarters is up for grabs. Like, And a lot of it's just like Louisville Sluggers. There's a bunch what? of uh, old cell phones for like five bucks. Uh, and one of the things is Radio Shack in the late 70s produced a trucker album that went gold and you can buy the actual gold and convoy is on that record 
and you like they that was part of the record. So like the one on the wall, <laughs> like the one on the wall you can yeah. bid on. Yeah. Oh wow. You can buy the actual gold as of yesterday it was like at $110. Uh real quick, um a couple things about you know the the people that make the decisions in Hollywood, the critics. Uh, Gene Siskel gave this film two stars and complained that the film failed to tell the audience when the clock started on the beer run. That's his big problem. Uh, Gene Siskel needs to eat a yeah. dick and die. Well, but uh, I guess apparently Alfred Hitchcock was a big fan of the film. So would you rather have Hitchcock like your, like your film or Gene Siskel like your film? I'd rather have Hitchcock, baby. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. Um, Burt that Reynolds, is awesome. Burt Reynolds rated this film as the one... As one he most enjoyed, and he had the most fun making in his career ever. Yeah, he's paying Sally Field. Paying Sally Field. So Sally Field did this because she felt ugly. Like I've seen other different interviews and stuff. Like she felt like the ugly duckling, and she wanted to be like a sex pot. Right? I mean, she wanted to feel pretty because it felt like she was always being portrayed as a girl next door, or she wasn't pretty. She was always like cute. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a fly, a flying nun. Yeah, but she wanted to be like, hey, I want to feel sexy. You know. A factory worker who's standing up for everyone's rights. Yeah. I want people who want to stick their thumb places. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> a newspaper reporter who's yeah. uh, banging Paul Newman. <laughs> um, oh. But do you think they had, I mean, do you think it was a, was it really a real relationship? I just assume Burt yeah. Reynolds kind of gave the feeling that he was banging everybody. Like the movies with Dolly Parton, I'm like, yeah, he's banging her. Movies with Sally Field, yeah, he's banging her. Uh, yeah, movie, I just he banged every one of his co-stars. Yeah, I just Burt Reynolds is that just that kind of guy. I mean, we've come to the conclusion that no one is cool has been cooler than Burt Reynolds since 1985. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this as far as like, I mean, there's, I mean, Brad Pitt's cool, George Clooney's cool, but as far as like the spectrum of people they have impact on, like the like the people that read books in uh, New York, all those book readers, uh, and go to Broadway shows and send people playbills, and then the, the people that go to NASCAR tracks, Burt Reynolds. He bridged that gap. Uh, I'm telling you, he uh, did. Was Sally Field in, in the second one? She was in the second one, but not the third one. I okay. think just Jerry oh, yeah. Reed and Jackie Gleason were. Uh, awesome. Uh, so I have a couple uh, off-smoky t- things to ask you about. Uh, a lot of TV, a couple of TV shows were released last week via the Netflix. Uh, I had binged on House of Cards for the last nothing caught up and then finished the new season in a few days. I don't know if you watched that show. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. Did you finish season five? I don't think I've started season four yet. Okay, that's okay. fine. Uh, F is for family. Did you watch season two? I have not finished season two yet. Oh, my goodness. So that's the Bill Burr-inspired uh, adult-themed uh, sitcom. Do not let your children watch this. Uh, season two, like season one... There was the language and then, like, you know, the drug references. Season two, they just went went for it, man. There is nudity on the fit, male and female side. Uh, full frontal on both sides. Uh, there is a lot of language, a lot of drug use. Like, they just said, fuck it. Let's just see how far we can push it. And I thought it was hysterical. You're welcome, Netflix. We're going to give you the worst thing possible. You're welcome. I'm sure people are going to love it more than the first one. I... I thought I really loved the first one. I thought it was amazing. I, I know there's more episodes in the second season than the first season. Oh, wait a minute. Is there? Yeah, I think the first one's oh, six, and this one's eight or ten. Oh, no, this one's ten. Yeah. Um, yes, there's ten. I was like, wait a minute. Did I miss one? No, there's ten this season. I forgot that the first one only had like six. You're right. 
So I look forward to a third season. I hope they make it because I don't see how they can't. This show is awesome. Because I think it came out like December of 15. Yeah. See, so it, it, takes a, it takes a while to get all this stuff done. Yeah, a little over a year. And Netflix isn't hurting for programming. Orange is the New Black comes out this weekend. <laughs> or Depending on when you hear this, it may already be out. But, okay, well, that was just my uh, questions. Uh, next up, we have uh, giving everything that goes right, Last American Virgin. Uh, we're just big fans of uh, boobs right now. So we're going to bring out the uh, Last American Virgin. Diane Franklin, former uh, guest on our show. Uh, we're going we're gonna to discuss her work. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, look uh, look out for us on the iTunes. Don't be afraid to leave us uh, you know, leave a rating from time to time. And if you do do a rating, well, and you, then you request us to do a movie review, we'll probably have to do that. So we would appreciate that. Correct. That is correct. So yeah, I'll uh, be on the lookout, and then we'll have a couple more shows, and then. Uh, well, we're going to do a lot of shows up front now, and then you will hear them, and then we'll be back with you in a few weeks after that. So stay awesome, everybody. Stay awesome. Go! You're still here? Don't, don't, don't worry about us. We'll be all right. It's over. Should you need us? Yes. Should you need us for any reason at all? Go home. Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Go.
okay. That Janet Jackson looking girl looks hot in that movie. <laughs> so hot. I think she's got a bright future ahead of her. She's going to meet some people from the uh, from Haiti and the Dominican Republic, and I think she's going to make a name for herself. A name for herself. Who was she? Oh shit! I forgot that was Lauren Hill, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's her. She hates white people. I mean, I hate white people because uh, every time you go out, people think you're a different redheaded person. <laughs> like, no, I know you. Yeah. You don't fucking know me. I'm telling you, I, you don't fucking know me. I completely forgot that was Lauren Hill. Ready in five? You ready? You got your notes? I got. Yep. I got notes I'm ready. and an iPad. I I got iPad. I, I usually I've been I've been doing iPad only, but now I got notes. All right. Well, whatever floats your boat, man. Whoa! <laughs> it's gonna be an awesome podcast. <laughs> In five, four, three. I'm so angry right now, I can't even... Oh, god damn it. Did you fart in that? <laughs>